Our testing has also shown that you should give them three ways to say yes, a small yes, a medium yes, and then a heck yes. Every digital marketer will tell you one call to action. I don't disagree with them, but our testing has always shown you should meet people where they are. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Would you be surprised if I told you that being a guest on other people's shows can be profitable? Well, industry leader in guest marketing, Tom Schwab, is going to share some secrets to how his clients turn guest spots into profit. But before we hear from Tom, I'd like to give you a free guide to 101 pieces and places from a single recording to get your podcast to every corner of the internet. Go to nextupnation.com slash 101 pieces to get yours. Now here's the show. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Next Up Nation, a weekly show that features industry influencers who share their successes and challenges to inspire, inform, and entertain serious podcasters. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I am so excited to welcome Tom Schwab, Chief Evangelist Officer and Founder at the Interview Ballet. In this noisy digital world, if you can't break through the noise instead of just adding to it, why not get in on the conversation where your ideal customers are already listening? As a Navy veteran who ran nuclear power plants and an inbound marketing engineer, Tom Schwab has a refreshingly unique approach. He focuses on time-proven strategy, then supercharges it with today's technology, specifically leveraging podcast interview marketing. An author, speaker, and teacher, Tom helps you get more traffic, leads, and raving customer fans by simply being interviewed on targeted podcasts. Tom, welcome. Tiffany, I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Now, as our listeners know, we help people run their podcasts, monetize it, and grow their audiences. I originally reached out to your company and got to speak with some of your team. And now I'm really excited to talk to you because you come at it from a different approach. And and it's an approach that we don't specialize in. And that's why I originally reached out. But I, I contacted you guys expecting to connect and have a resource, but instead what I found was just getting my mind blown at the opportunity from guesting. So I'm just really excited to hear more about that. But before I do, there's one thing you shared before we got on the air that you have been on over 1,200 podcast interviews, which is incredible. But not only that, you applied to the Guinness Book of World Records, but they didn't even have a category. Have you started campaigning to get that category added? I need to do that again because, you know, it was a couple of years ago. And back then you'd say podcast and people go, huh, what's that? And maybe Guinness Book of World Records did that at that point filled out all the paperwork and they said, yeah, that's not a category, but I definitely need uh, to to do that. And uh, podcasting needs to have its place in the records books too. I love it. I love it. Another thing that you shared was the fact that you live in Southwest Michigan and you did so like me being in Montana, we do, we've been doing social distancing since the 1800s. So, <laughs> but also you were sharing a little bit about the opportunity that you're able to inspire other people with. And we were talking about that before. Do you want to share a little bit about that and how you can 
you, I think you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. To me, I really believe today is work is what you do, not where you go. So when people say, where do you work at? I'm like, well, in grade school, they told me don't end in a preposition. Mm-hmm. And I don't think work is a building, right? Today, more than anywhere, you could work at the office, you could work at home. We've all proven that sort of this year. And it gives us great flexibility. There's a lot of problems in the world today, but there's no better time to be alive. You think about it. Here we are. You're in Montana. I'm in a suburb of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And we're pretty much, you know, doing a video conference for free, free tools out there. This is stuff, you know, that corporations didn't have a decade ago. The the president of the United States probably didn't have it 20 years ago. And now, you know, kids are using it to go to school. So really, I think it's an amazing time. You know, our team is a uh, distributed team. We've got 18 people, two in Europe, two in Canada, and the rest of the United States. And, you know, today with the internet, uh, really, you can work with people you want to and really work from where you want. Mm, I love it. It's funny these days because I feel like I was telling people for a while, you know, we're using the same tools the news is using, you know, really the news is, I mean, they've improved over the last couple of months because they've had the time to catch up. But, but really I was, I was saying for a while, it's like, you know, the news is just like a bad zoom call at this point. So really now is, is good time as any to just jump in and, and do cool things like this. I'm really curious. What was your vision for why you got started in what you do right now in interview ballet? Well, I could say that I had this great vision and this great master plan, you know, but honestly, the the best piece of fiction I've ever written or read was a business plan, right? Mm-hmm. Every every business plan, the graphs go up and to the right. Really what Interview Valet is just an evolution of what I've been doing and a answer to what customers were asking for. So my background is inbound marketing, using content to attract, engage, and delight customers. Now, 15, 20 years ago, that meant guest blogs. Mm -hmm. Instead of writing your own blog, well, guest blog on Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, wherever your audience is. And it was a hack to get that know, like, and trust to get some backlinks. And it worked really well. Well, in 2014, I hypothesized that you could use podcast interviews the same way. And so we started to test that. And you know, Tiffany, we found that it converted 25 times better than a blog. And I'm skeptical, right? So at first I'm like, no, that's got to be a personality. It's got to be a niche. We kept testing that. And what we found is that, no, it really does. And you think about it, if somebody listens to you for 30 or 45 minutes, they either turned up or turned off. Right. So those people that came, they were much more engaged. So with that, you know, early on, I wrote a cheesy PDF book because I didn't want to start an agency. I knew how much work that was. I had just sold my last company and a lot of people said, you know, could you test it? Could you try it? And so I went in kicking and screaming in 2015 and said, let's beta test it. It worked so well. We were having so much fun with it. And our clients were so happy uh, that we took it out of beta in early 2016. And now we've grown a team of 18, serving over 100 clients at a time, a lot of authors, coaches, speakers, brands, and really just, you know, our mission is to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders to millions of ideal people they could serve for the betterment of all. Oh my gosh, I love it. I absolutely love it. One of the things that you mentioned uh, before we 
got on too that I had asked you some questions through a questionnaire was one of the things that you want to do is help people understand that obscurity is their biggest problem. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. And I think today the world has changed, right? We It's a world of abundance. We've got abundant choices, abundant calories, uh, abundant customers. You know, in the old days, it was if you didn't live within 10 miles of me, you probably weren't going to be my customer. And mm-hmm. today, you know, we've got access to billions of people. Now, not not all billion are going to be good customers, but I guarantee you, whatever you have, your product, your service in its current form, right? There's thousands of people that could help and they'd probably pay you for it willingly. The only problem is they have no idea that you even exist. So you're obscure to them. So this idea of, well, I'm going to A-B test this, or I'm going to change the the font on this or the color on this. It's like, no, it's obscurity is the problem. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I picture it like having a, a store in the middle of the, in the Mojave Desert, right? Where nobody comes by. You can do all the optimization you want. You can do all the testing you want. You could have the world's best funnel. But if you don't have that traffic, if nobody knows about you, then you've got problems. And so from that, my standpoint, I really believe that the biggest problem that we all struggle with is obscurity. There's lots of people we could help. They just don't know about us. That's so true. And it's what's interesting is as you're saying that, I'm just imagining how it's really even difficult to know if your offering is on point or if your messaging is on point until you have people noticing you. And that's when you start to really get to understand your business better, but you have this group of people who are kind of fans walking alongside of you and, you know, getting your message as you're also able to develop a better product. You know, you can be a little bit more refined once you have that traffic. Don't you find that? And I I would say even beyond fans, I would call them the experts, Mm. right? Because as a business owner, I've got an opinion. I can hire coaches and consultants. They've got an opinion too. But it's really those customers, they're, they're the experts. They're voting every day with their actions, with their dollars, and they'll tell you what they love and they'll tell you what they loathe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just being smart enough to double down on one and stop doing the other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's all theoretical until they're involved. I'm such a huge fan of podcasting. I personally just think, pod, I like you started my agency, I did start as an inbound marketing agency. So we did websites and blog posts and email campaigns and social media. And I had my own blog. I had my own podcast that we did all the rest of that content based on. <laughs> but for my <laughs> clients, it was hard to sell because like you were saying before, it's like it, it to do a podcast correctly, it takes effort. It takes thought and planning like any other business or marketing campaign. What I love about what you do is you Honestly, um, when I called your office, it was the first time I heard someone say, you know, it's really tough to find someone who's made money having their own podcast, but we've seen a lot of people make a lot of money as a guest. And for me, even though I help completely the other side of the same exact coin and am enthusiastic, obviously about it, I completely felt the opposite. Like I'd never made money being a guest. I'd only like, yep, sure. I'll be a guest, you know? And so to hear this whole other world open up was really exciting. So can you talk a little bit more to that and how someone, how that's even possible? Yeah. And really it's, 
I don't think it's an either or being a guest or a host. Okay. I always look at it as, you know, being a guest is a great way to go out there and get new leads, new exposure, new backlinks. Being a host of your own show is a great way to nurture your current leads, nurture your current customers. And I've always found that, you know, after somebody has, has heard me for a, you know, a while, if they haven't bought already, they're probably not going to, right? So you've got to keep going out to, to get out to new audiences there. And really it's being intentional as a guest. We've worked with a lot of clients that have done, you know, a dozen, maybe 25 podcast interviews. And they're like, yeah, they don't work. And you start listening to it and go, well, they work, but you just weren't using the system, right? That's like going out, going fishing and saying fishing doesn't work. Well, you forgot to put the hook on it, you know, and maybe a fish will jump in the boat every now and then in the same way, you know, maybe you'll get some business off of a podcast interview, but we found you've got to be very intentional, right? Mm -hmm. Are you talking to nice people or nice potential customers? Are you doing something for them that is actionable? You know, our testing has also shown, you know, that you should give them three ways to say yes, right? Mm -hmm. A small yes, a medium yes, and then a heck yes, right? Every digital marketer will tell you one call to action. I don't disagree with them, but our testing has always t shown you should meet people where they are. You know, give them a small thing, you know, a small reason to go back to your website. And we use a podcast interview marketing assessment, right? Everybody wants to know their own answer. So give them 12 questions and it doesn't take much time. You know, the medium yes is to build that relationship, right? Maybe it's a copy of the book. Maybe it's a face-to-camera webinar or training. And then finally, if somebody's listened to you for 30 or 45 minutes and they make decisions quickly and they're like, I want to work with Tiffany. She's great. She works with people like me. Well, don't slow them down in a funnel. Right. Whales don't click and big fish don't go through funnels. If they come with credit card in hand, give them an option to talk with the wizard. I love it. I love it. That's such a great, great way to put it. I always get myself in the spot where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I could literally just geek out right now. So I'm going to just kind of get myself back on track here for a minute. So when you work with a, someone who wants to get out on podcast and you do this for yourself too. So I always say like you eat your own cooking, right? So you're out there yes. on other people's podcasts as well. And like you said, you've, reaped benefits from doing that. In the in the beginning, what was the outcome that you could see that people could get from guesting? I really think it comes of what your goals are, right? Because a lot of people come and say, you know, I want to get on podcasts. Well, why? Right? There's different reasons and different podcasts to go on there. We've got some clients that do it just for the SEO value. Mm. You know, if you ask them, hey, do you want to go on Joe Rogan's podcast or an undergraduate a podcast at Harvard University that has 100 downloads per episode. They'll say, give me the Harvard link, right? Because that's gold, right? Other people are using it um, to promote a book. Some people are using it to fill their funnel. We've got podcasters that are using it to get more subscribers, right? Because the best place to find podcast listeners is listening to podcasts. It's, a, it's a, not a zero-sum game there. So I think really it's what you want to get out of it. And uh, I love it. We've worked with all kinds of different clients, over 500 clients on 20,000 interviews, 50 million downloads so far, and to see their stories come, you know, the ones that took a podcast from a new podcast to a top 200, you know, Christopher Lockhead, that was just amazing with that. We had a consultant, right? Craig Cody's a CPA. He does a lot of CFO work. 
And he shared uh, at a meeting publicly that he saw a 600% return on investment at 12 months and 1200% at 24 months. We work with a lot of software as a service company. And I love those because they know their cost of lead acquisition and their cost of customer acquisition down to the penny. And they're the ones that are telling us this is some of the best channels that we have to get this. Mm. Oh man, that's, I love it. So what are some things? So someone was like, you know, I really want to go out and I want to be a podcast guest. When I hear that, part of me probably thinks what you think, because I'm from the world of like, even whether you're doing a po- your own podcast or whether you're guesting, if you're not intentional, like you were saying, it's just kind of a waste of time, quite honestly, unless the, I mean, unless the fish just jumps into your boat, you know, but you don't mm-hmm. want to like be saltwater fishing lures in a stream, you really need to understand your audience and what you're trying to get out of it. Do you mind sharing one or two just disasters where you're like, they came to us and this is what they were doing and it was a train wreck? I'll start with the biggest train wreck, which was me, oh. right? With 1200 <laughs> interviews, most of them were a waste of time, but I learned a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Early on, it was an ego trip, right? Oh, you know, I'd love to be on this podcast. I, I would speak at any podcast because I like to talk and if people wanted to hear what I said, but you know what? Most podcasts that die, die within the first 10 episodes. So unless I knew them, I knew that was going to be going most of the time it was a waste, right? So it would never release or I had to help them through the recording on it. That would be one. The other one is the people that came to us and said, I want to talk to everybody. And it's like, well, not everybody wants to hear from you. You know, the author that said, I want to talk to anybody that has uh, $25 for a book. And it's like, well, most of the people don't read books. Most people don't speak English. And most of them really don't care about your niche, right? So you've got to be very, very targeted in it. You know, there's um, over a million podcasts right now. No one has time to go on all of them. And most of them won't help you. So you got to be very targeted. We had other people that were probably a, uh, a disaster where it was like, what's your goal for this? And they would just say, I want to build my brand. Like, okay, well, how do you define that? Right. And they didn't have a good idea of what that was. Is that social media followers? Is it website traffic? They just had this little idea of, well, if I go out there, I'll be famous. And it's really hard to figure out the return on investment of what that looks like going through there. Another one would be where people think, I need results next week. Mm. You know, I can think of uh, one friend of mine, a uh, great, great musician, and he was doing a Kickstarter campaign for his, his new album. And he came to me just before Christmas and said, do you think I could get on some podcast, tell my story and help fund the Kickstarter campaign? And I'm like, I know you could. And I'm like, when is the Kickstarter campaign starting? And he said, the second week in January. So three weeks and one of the weeks was, was Christmas. So I said, you know, there's no way, right? Could you get on a podcast? Sure. But it's not a podcast you would want. You know, podcasts are, are like doctor's offices and restaurants. If there's not a waiting list, there's probably a reason and a reason you don't want to be there. So uh, we always tell people start early. So there, those are train wrecks for sure. What are, if you could just make all your clients do 
two things. What would those two things be? Like you're the king of the world and you could just make guests on podcasts do these two things to be successful. Well, first of all, I don't want to make anybody do anything because even with my system, I'll tell them, you know, you have to do this or they'll say, do I have to do it? I'm like, no, you're, you're a grown person, right? If you don't want to follow the instructions, that's fine. You figure out how it works and, and tell me if it works better. To me, the biggest one would be to go in there with a servant's heart, mm. right? Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab, 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 right hook. Mm. I look at that as serve, serve, serve serve, ask, right? And if you show up, if, if you add great value, if you're helpful, if you promote the show afterwards, if, if you're there building a relationship, people will start asking you to work with you. You don't have to sell anything. So that would be the first one is to show up with a servant's heart on that. The second one is for the love of God, can we all stop pitching? I, I hate that word pitch now. Well, hate's a strong word. I loathe the word pitch because I get pitches in my email box and everyone looks the same. It says, Tom, I love your podcast and would love to be a guest. The only problem is I don't have a podcast, but I'm on a list and they're just robo sending out there and it's not helping them. It's not helping the podcaster. It's not helping the ecosystem. And I really think it's dehumanizing, mm. right? You pitch a baseball, you introduce a person. So if you, if you want to get on podcasts, introduce yourself to the host. Introduce the host to an idea that you could share. You know, don't just send out robo pitches. And the same way as a podcast host, expect more demand more for your audience. You know, if somebody's sending the pitch to you and a thousand other people, just look at it and say, no, that's, we don't do transactions here. We do relationships. So those are, okay, now I got on my soapbox. No, I love it. You know, it's funny because just today I was having a conversation online with somebody about that very thing. They had agreed to allow someone on their show and they had and we've all, I feel like as a host, we've all been in this spot where we're uncomfortably trying to protect our audience, you know, although we heavily edit those. I always say we lightly edit our podcasts. We heavily edit if, if it's a big, and, and it rarely happens. And I'll say now I work with mostly professional podcasters. So it, I don't think it's even happened this season, but, but in the past I was working in a different industry and it did happen a lot. And so when this person was asking me these questions about it, my guts just hurt for them. <laughs> you know, it's like, because he said he was, he had the show and the person came on and that's all they wanted to talk about was just pitch, pitch, pitch. And yeah, I was like, well, it might just be a five minute episode if you have to release it at all. <laughs> you know, the, the technology can be a wonderful thing, especially when you lose a file. I'm amazed. Interviews like that usually go shorter than the normal one. And then there's usually a technical difficulty <laughs> where, sorry, the file got corrupted. We'll reschedule that sometime. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, oh, I forgot to push record. Like, you know, hosts do that all the time. So <laughs> usually, Blame it on usually, the computer. usually it's true. <laughs> Let me just say <laughs> that really does happen. But yeah, no, I feel you totally. I have a, cu a couple of questions just on the top of my head. The first one is, have you seen any outcomes for your clients that surprised you? You know, we all know about, you know, you can build your brand, you can, you know, get leads, you can nurture leads, but have you seen something come out of your client's experience that just made you go, wow, that's an outcome I just, 
hadn't even extrapolated before. Oh, very much so. And ones that are maybe hard to measure on analytics, right? The person that came to us, I mentioned his name before, uh, Craig Cody, and he wanted to get on all different podcasts with all different industries. And we were able to come back to him and said at about three or four months, I'm like, you do really well on dentist podcasts. Hmm. And he's like, I love dentists. Well, within about three months, he had shifted most of his business to dentists. He's got a great dental podcast now on business. And he realized after going to all these different podcasts, it was almost like testing different markets. And he found a market that just loved him and really followed that. So that would be one. You know, another one is to um, be listening to a podcast and all of a sudden hearing somebody say, yeah, I'm starting to do this joint venture or my friend so-and-so and I just started a company. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we introduced them. Yeah. Right. They met each other through the podcast. There was one, he was a cybersecurity, well, he still is a cybersecurity commentator on one of the big news stations. And so he was always, you know, most nights, like three nights a week, he's on national news talking about different cybersecurity issues, but he wanted to get out and talk more in depth. So he started to go on podcast interviews and he stopped doing that because he got a job that he couldn't turn down of a CEO of a startup company because somebody heard him on a podcast. Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's beautiful because it's relationships. It's like what you're saying. It is. And, you know, the speaking engagements, you know, they, if they hear you on a digital stage, all of a sudden physical stages come open. Well, Mm -hmm. knock on wood, I hope they come open again. That's how I got my first keynote, right? Mm -hmm. I was talking on a podcast about a guest blog that I'd written for HubSpot and somebody that was running a conference out in California heard it, went to his, his assistant and said, can you see if he'll come out and speak at our event? And when you call somebody in Michigan and say, would you like to come out to Southern California at the end of October (laughs) to speak? And I'm like, yes, I would. And how long can I stay? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll talk about anything. Like no question about like, what will I talk about? Or (laughs) it's just like, (laughs) yes, details, whatever. (laughs) I'll bring my swimsuit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. It is true that there's just so much more that people get out of podcasts than you can even measure or anticipate or imagine in a lot of cases. Have you seen a lot of clients or do you see a portion of your clients who you're helping them get on these podcasts who later go on and start their own successful podcasts? Very much so. And it's a natural next step. A lot of times they don't know if they like the medium. And you don't want to test on your own show, right? Because if all of a sudden you do 10 episodes and then it dies, you're telling everybody, hey, I've got this great podcast. And then a quarter later, they're like, how's it coming? And you're like, I killed that one off. (laughs) Uh, So sometimes it's the sort of try before you commit. But yeah, that's a very common thing. They're so used to being a podcast guest. They get comfortable with it. They get confidence with it. And they see that, you know, I can use guesting to get new leads. And then I can have my own podcast to nurture those leads and to nurture customers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I started my first podcast in 2016 and I, I had not been on other people's podcasts until this year. So it's my 2020 pivot program and being a guest. Now we've developed systems for our guests. I call it our white glove guest 
experience. I really care about the guests. I feel like the relationships we build is the number one thing. Monetization comes next after that, but the people mm-hmm. really are the most important um, part of the whole thing. Always has been. But being a guest on other people's shows has really taught me a lot. Number one, I felt like, wow, I'm really glad we do the things that we do. Cause you know, I just took it for granted. Like that must be what everybody does, you know, but, but it really has given me other things that maybe we weren't doing before. So there, I just feel like it's like you get to practice, you know, with other people's money and other people's effort and other people's equipment. <laughs> and your, your workflows and your nurturing and your, your attention to detail is just amazing. Oh. Uh, a lot of people should learn from that, but yeah, you're right. It's almost like you get to be a guest at all these different places, see how they do it. It's almost like starting a restaurant. If you've never been to a restaurant, you don't know what you don't know. So if you see it from the customer standpoint, you know, you're already a podcast listener. So you know what it's like to be a listener. Then if you can see what it's like to be a guest, you can pick up all these different things and roll those into your podcast on what you like. Oh, a hundred percent. And it helps as a host as well. So before you're a host, getting to understand what it feels like to be on a show and be asked questions and the flow of it and how to make people feel more comfortable. I just think it's brilliant. I think what you guys are doing is brilliant. So I have another question for you. If you started your own podcast, what would the topic be? It would be, and I've got the the name for it. I just haven't launched it. Ordinary to you, amazing to others. That's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite topics and quotes. And I, cause I think everybody underestimates their experience, what they know, what they've seen, and they just think it's ordinary. And why would I share that with anybody? And then you hear the stories and it's just like amazing. And so that's what I would do. And from that standpoint, I don't know how I would monetize it, but I'm sure I would meet some amazing people with it. And it would be large enough too, that I could go in any direction that I wanted to. Gosh, I love that. You know, it, it speaks to people's sphere of genius, right? A lot of us have coaching and people that we go to, but my mentors, that's one of the things that they're always talking about is how the things that are easy to us, like I love spreadsheets (laughs) and I'm like, well, why would I charge anyone for a spreadsheet? I mean, it's easy. I mean, they're beautiful and there are a million calculations that will make their life beautiful, but why would anyone charge? But the thing is, is the things that are easy to people, it's because they're in their spirit, their zone of genius. And of course it's valuable to other people. You know, do you have like some little nugget of an idea of an example of a topic that would come up? I mean, You have the name, so I I have this feeling that you have something developed there. So can you just share a little bit of like, this is where I see it going, or this is a story example or something? I I do. And one of the example, great stories that I would have would be when I was in the Navy, right? Talking with the skipper of the ship. I'm still keep in touch with uh, with Captain Hayden. I mean, here's Mm -hmm. somebody, talk about a story. The guy was a pilot. He ran an aircraft carrier in Desert Storm, went on to run Top Gun and, you know, became an admiral. And to him, it's just a normal story. That's just normal. But just to think, you know, ask him the questions of like, what's that like to be out there in charge of all of that? And to him, it's ordinary. To everybody else, it's just amazing. And so I'd like to get to those stories. And a lot of times people that I've met that are, you know, I look at as superheroes, 
but they don't see themselves that way. You know, and it could be teachers, right? What they do is ordinary to them, but it's amazing. And I, I think we all admit it's, it's amazing to other people, especially when you have to try being a teacher at home and, and how they do that. And I'd like to be very, very eclectic and to go to, to different people at different ages. You know, I, I don't think you have to have gray hair to be ordinary or amazing. You know, uh, whenever I try using Instagram, I have to ask my youngest daughter and what's ordinary to her is amazing to me. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that so great? Oh, I love it. Well, and two, you know, we're sitting here talking about podcasting and one might wonder what does all this conversation have to do with podcasting, but really it has everything to do with podcasting, don't you think? It doesn't. To me, this is what podcasting is. It should be a conversation and, you know, things that are timely, but timeless, right? Because right now we're recording this in 2020. There's probably somebody listening to this in 2025 mm. and it should still be meaningful to them. Now, granted, some podcasts are like news and current events or, you know, sports. All those, those are <laughs> those who took a big hit this year. But I think most of them should be just a really interesting conversation. And the conversation isn't just between the guest and the host. Mm -hmm. The conversation is also between the listener. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, I don't agree with that. Or hmm, I never thought about that way. The best podcast, the conversation, if you will, goes viral. Mm -hmm. And you can always talk to, or you can tell somebody that listens to podcasts because they'll usually start it. You know, the other day, Tiffany, I was listening to a podcast and they said this. And to me, those, those are the great conversations where it can go from, I listened to it to now that I'm talking about it. Right. Oh, I love that. Well, and Tom, one thing that I really like about what you guys do, you know, anyone can really just go and be on a podcast. I almost feel like it's, maybe I'm wrong, but for myself, my experience has been, well, that's even easier than starting your own podcast. Um, but you guys do it in a way that I feel elevates it. So can you just share a little bit about like where people can find you and who might be the type of person that would be just right to maybe consider connecting with you somehow after they hear this? Thank you for asking that. Yeah. So we're at interviewvalet.com. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll put all of this on interviewvalet.com forward slash next up. And so we work with authors, coaches, speakers, brands, really thought leaders that are passionate about getting their message out there. People that value their time and the results, right? Because you, all everything we do, I teach, right? I, I, I've got it in my book and I'll put a free copy of the book, Podcast Guest Profits up there too. So I'm not oh. trying to sell the book there. Awesome, um, thank you. But most people just look at it and say, you know, I, I don't want to learn how to do all of this. I, I want to tap into your knowledge, tap into your relationships. I want to be Sinatra. I just want to show up and shine. And that's really what we do. And, you know, I'm not a copywriter, but I can tell good copy when I hear it. Mm -hmm. And early on, we had a client that says, I love working with Interview Valet because you let me be the guest and you take care of all the rest. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's good. We, we got to write that down. That's a good tagline. That's awesome. So yeah, we're, we're, we're working with a, a lot of clients. Like I said, about a hundred at any one time, we focus on three verticals. It's not necessarily where our clients are, but where our clients clients are. So they're the, looking to focus on podcasts, on business, 
And this is how iTunes de defines it. So that's everywhere from real estate to investing, to leadership, to sales. Business is a really big one. Then also faith and Christianity and health, nutrition, and wellness. Mm, okay. I love that. And one thing I like too is you're not just about getting people on shows. You, I know, um, like I said, I've talked to your office. This is, these are some of the things that just really stood out to me because while you can start a podcast, you can be on a podcast and get a lot out of it. You can get on the right podcast, but there are still other pieces to it that if you don't address, you're just missing there's like gold just sitting all at your feet that you're just not picking up. And, you know, I know you guys help. It sounds like you guys are really put a lot of attention in making sure that your guests, if they're going to invest in having help from you guys, there is some attention paid to putting those pieces in place. Very much so. I mean, to the point of, here, I'll pull behind the curtain a little bit, right? What what are the calls to action you talk about? You already heard a couple of them, right? That uh, a free checklist, a free copy of the book. Toward the end, I'll say, hey, you know, all my social media will be on that same page, right? It's called a welcome page. If you want to see what one looks like, what we make for all of our clients, it's interviewvalet.com forward slash next up. That's a welcome page. So we help them with all of that. And uh, you know, with that, there's a lot of resources out there. And you know, there's a lot of free sites out there. And it's like Craigslist, right? Matching guests and hosts, but it's also the quality of Craigslist. Mm -hmm. So with that, our, our clients are really the ones that are serious about this and uh, you know, realize that, that this is very, very powerful and they wanna make sure that they get the power as quickly as possible. Love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate that you guys do that. I have one more really important question, but before I ask it, is there anything that I haven't asked that you would really like to make sure that you share with people before we go? I guess my my big plea to you is that what we talked about before, what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. What you know, the experiences you have could really, really help somebody. It could help them from making the same mistake. Now, it could be that you get paid handsomely for it. Maybe it's just that you help somebody else from what you have learned. I, I believe we're blessed to be a blessing, and now there's no excuse not to do it, right? I can't say, well, I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, or I live in Montana. I can't help people. Come on. There's an internet there. You can, you can do a podcast. You can be a podcast guest. You can do videos. You can do blogs. Whatever is easiest for you, but you know, what's ordinary to you is amazing to other people and, and uh, help them. Don't hog it. <laughs> Share it. That's right. <laughs> Share it with the world. We're awesome. Okay. So thank you. That was awesome. So my last question is, I'm a huge foodie, so it's food related. I think if I didn't have a business related podcast, I would definitely have a food related podcast, but this is my, my indulgence. What, where is your favorite restaurant and what do you order when you go there? Portillo's. So I grew up in the Chicagoland area and Portillo's was a mainstay, right? It's Italian beef and I've got to always get the big beef soaked. So it's just dripping in the grease with, <laughs> with hot peppers. And um, that, that uh, I am a happy person. In fact, uh, we're going through uh, Chicago this weekend and I guarantee you as we go through one way and then come back the other way, I will be stopping at Portillo's both times. <laughs> that is outstanding. I love it. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being here. I just really appreciate it. 
Thank you, Tiffany. Yeah. And I think you gave everybody some really great takeaways, especially when it comes to the fact that you really can monetize being on other people's shows, that it's a great way to build an audience and, you know, get the word out about you. And I loved what you had to say about, you know, everybody's got their brilliance and just let it shine and, and don't hog it at the end of the day. So thank you so much for that. Thanks to everyone for listening and thank you to our outstanding team. And remember, the best really is yet to come. Ready? 